emergency emergency pod segment going on Post right here. Game five. Um, Bulls just lost. What was that? One hundred eight to ninety seven. He said. Yeah. Um, I I, yeah. Eleven point loss for the Bulls. Three straight losses. Um, the Bulls have done to us what we fully expected the Bulls to do to us. After they won to those the first mean. two. Yeah. They won those first two, and like everybody that listens knows that I'm the biggest Bulls skeptic in the world. Like I've I've pretty much been rallying against the Bulls all year. Like I love the Bulls to death, but I've just been telling everybody like just don't get your hopes up. They're gonna do this, and I made the mistake. I got my hopes up after going up two games to nothing. I know, just when I started yeah. to get excited, but we should have known. We, we always should have known. known. Yeah, and I was like, oh the man, whole the time Bulls. I was like, wouldn't it be kind of funny if they lost four in a row after this? And now it's now it's. Um, pretty much a reality like it's it's i don't i have no faith in them how in good six. did they look in the not even the first game was like typical bulls they always are looking for an x factor yeah, it's right. always like going away jimmy and they're open for like right. somebody random to score 30 points right. and it was bobby portis and bobby portis went off game, game two one. was like zips are at 16 but they it was a lot more of a team effort right and then Dwayne wade looked pretty good in that game and then typical friday afternoon bleacher report alert oh rondo broke his thumb i hate bleacher report alerts by the way because 99 percent of the time it's something that you just don't want to see about i actually team. really like bleacher report <laughs> now and i used to hate them but yeah the alerts are always like david ross on dancing with the stars which is like another story for another day but it's all like this is not for like please don't blow up my phone with this david ross is the tony is a tony romo all-star right yeah now. it's i will have to people, go that's a whole nother people, lo- people loving retirement for no apparent reason um but uh yeah no um bulls yeah it was just it was typical and i'm like what he rondo was phenomenal unbelievable um the first two games rondo was averaging 10 assists a game bulls offense was moving i think we were averaging like 106 points per game moving the ball up and down the court it's just it's I mean, just it completely a, different Rondo's when he's a in phenomenal there phenomenal rebounder yeah. so it was a it was and a he was good playing D on Isaiah Thomas like yeah. when Rondo wants to play D he'll play some D um and then yeah we get to game 3 we find out that Rondo's not playing I when you got that alert though didn't you know I know like, I, oh. I, I, I my stomach kind of started to sink a little bit but I was like you know what we're up 2-0 like the team again I started sipping the juice I started sipping the juice after I game 2 I would like two. to tell you that the Eastern Conference Finals were mentioned in this household multiple times Yeah yeah like It was like if we can totally get by Washington That's what I started thinking <laughs> I was like oh man if we win this series like we took out the top seed and like, yeah, we'll get by Washington. It's and then so like, typical. Cleveland's real vulnerable and they don't like playing us during the regular season. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But like, yeah, of course. Like we thought we were going to see the Eastern Conference Finals. I thought it was going to be like 2011. We were right. going to be back at that bar in Lincoln Park drinking dollar bottles. Like, why? Typical <laughs> bull stuff. So Rondo goes out. No Rondo in game three. We lose that one um, at home. Game four, lose that one at home. And they looked awful. Awful. But, I mean, it's typical. They were 41 and 41 yeah. in the regular season. It's a mediocre team. Before today, they're 43 and 43. Right. So, like, I mean, it's more on us. 41 and 41 is, is pretty much we might go out there and win. We might go out there and lose. Yeah. And there's, there's no real, you know, nothing's nothing's tipping either way. In any, in either, in but either way. it did expose everything that we were talking about all year. First off, Rondo was great. And awesome. the Bulls treated him like shit the entire year. Fred treated him like shit. Yeah. But Fred the in the front office. And, yeah, and Jimmy and Jimmy. Yeah, and they, they benched him for a period of time. <laughs> didn't tell him why. He didn't know why. He like, yeah, they benched him for like, like five games. Loki yeah. didn't know he was benched. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, that was just bizarre. Meanwhile, he's like, he's the glue. <laughs> And it's just ridiculous. They treat him terribly, and then he can't play, and they have five point guards, like maybe five point guards, not even including Rondo, and 
nobody to play. That's the crazy thing about it. Yeah, this team, I think it's five, including Rondo, but you got Rondo, Cannon, MCW, Campaign, and uh, Jerry and Grant. And not a single one of those four guys can fill in for Rondo. Um, actually, yeah, the, yeah, the Isaiah Cannon game last game that they lost, so Isaiah Cannon gets to start inexplicably. A dude that tonight. had like what a team high twenty nine do not play. Yeah, in he, the and year? He, he had two DMPs to start the playoffs. How are you? How is that even possible? Like, how would any of these people be able to play in a high pressure situation, given that they started five games and then were benched for five games? Like, what kind of coaching is that? That's Fred Hoiberg. Uh, I, I think the Bulls led the league in lineups used this year too. I mean, Fred. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been the biggest problem with the fr- biggest problem with the Hoiberg era. There's been plenty <laughs> of them. One of the biggest problems of the Hoiberg era is settling on a lineup. And yeah, when you have five point guards and you really can't decide who your backup is. And you go through most of the season not knowing who your starter is. Um, yeah, this is what happens when you get an injury in the playoffs and you literally have no rotation at point guard. Why did they even have any of these people in the game? Why didn't they roll with like Jimmy and Dwayne Wade and Bobby Portis and Denzel Valentine, who you drafted in the freaking right. lottery? They ran some Jimmy at point um, last game. I think they were running a lot of Jimmy at point in the fourth quarter. But yeah, maybe that he feels that you can't do that for four quarters or whatever it might be. Um, I mean, I don't get it. A guy who you were literally trying to get rid of halfway through the year uh, is by far your most Im- – well, not your most important player, but one of your most important players in this playoff run. And without him, the Bulls just look helpless. And Cameron Payne can't even get a jersey. We're going to lose four straight. Yeah. Like, this series is over. But it's sort of good because, like, we got what we said. Like, they might get one or two games. They're yeah. going to get two games. And then it exposed everything that's wrong with the Bulls. But will they fix it? Oh, no. Sorry. No, I'm yeah. sorry. Please don't tell jokes. Yeah, they will we'll, not be we'll fixing it. We'll probably sign three more point guards next year and run, run an eight-man Well, like, it's typical. Uh, they're they're like, lineup. they thought they could roll back the clock on Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is old. Dwayne yeah. Wade is 35. They've been trying to roll back the clock on the Bulls to 2011, and that hasn't worked. Like, they they learned nothing. And it'll just keep being what this is. I and mean, I, I don't know who's going to play point guard next year. but. And are you wasting your uh, these Jimmy Butler years? Because, like, everything about the Bulls aside, Jimmy Butler is balling. And yeah. he's been balling all year. He's been balling for the last couple of years. Like, Jimmy Butler goes out there and puts it on the line. I would be devastated if they traded Jimmy Put, Butler. Me too, yeah. Devastated. Like, I, I, Every I, I, time I, they talk about it, I get devastated. At the trade deadline, yeah. last year in the draft when they were talking about Chris Dunn, I'm like, holy shit, these idiots are actually going to do this. And yeah, Chris Dunn looked awful this year. But, I uh, yeah, just, no, I, lo- I, I love Jimmy devast- Butler. Why would you do it? Yeah. I mean, because so that you could go and look for another Jimmy another, Butler. And that's the, that's the whole point. Like, you trade Jimmy Butler and you trade, like, these superstars like that. Like, so you look at Indy and they're talking about trading Paul George. Like, that makes sense. He's only under contract for one more year. And if you watched any of those Indy playoff games, like, he does not want to be there anymore. No. Like, he looks around. His teammates are trash. You should trade him to Boston. He's playing with Lance Stevenson again. Um, like, he's just like, yeah, this is trash situation. Like, I can't, I can't do anything. But you look at the Bulls. You got Jimmy signed for the next three seasons at a really good a deal. Great deal. Yeah, that before the contract exploded deal. So he's only making like twenty million, which is like the new ten million. Um, and the guy goes out there balls. He's a two way player, right? Meaning that he can still impact the game if his shot isn't falling or if he's not scoring. Um, and I yeah, think I think that he's just they an awesome think player. that they can develop someone. They think that they did. I think Gar and Pax think that they did Jimmy Butler actually. Yeah. And then like they made Jimmy Butler when in fact it was a great draft pick, but like Jimmy made Jimmy and I think Tibbs and Tibbs coaching staff develops players. Fred Hoiberg, whoever, whatever trash they're going to get after Fred Hoiberg 
is not going to develop players. Right. They don't develop players. Tibbs and Jimmy Butler made Jimmy Butler. So they can go looking for the next Jimmy Butler, and even if they're they're not going to find him and they're not going to make him. Yeah, and you're not going to – yeah, if, if, if they're still looking for the next Jimmy Butler, then they got another thing coming to him because very rarely are you going to find late-round superstars Yeah, who ha- who are able to literally turn themselves into superstars. I mean, like that – yeah, that – that's not going to happen. I don't. I, that's the most frustrating. We talk about it all the time. That's the most frustrating thing with the Bulls is that there is you can't you can't sit down with anybody and have them tell you what this team's plan is. Like, do they have a plan going forward? What they are say they going to do? do? But they never. So I'm like, tell us what it is. Tell, yeah, like, yeah. Why? There's there's no transparency at all. You, you only see Gar packs like once in a blue moon. You you never see packs. And then when you do see Gar, he comes out and doesn't give you anything. Um, Never see Jerry or Michael Reinsdorf either. No, Jerry, Jerry, I don't yeah, think no, Jerry doesn't care. No, Jerry's Jerry like, doesn't give Jerry's a shit. Jerry's at the, the rate. Yeah, Jerry's but like, hey, man, I, it out. it's I, bizarre. I got two teams and seven rings, so you guys can call me. Yeah, later. I, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. It's really upsetting. There's really no hope. And just to be like, I wasn't even on a high after the two games, but mm-hmm. it was fun. I was having fun, and that's yeah, the most fun, fun exactly. I've had with the Bulls in like three years. Yeah. So I mean. It's it's sad, but what was we were gonna lose in the next round? We probably weren't gonna beat Washington. No, I don't we know. Were, we were going to the Eastern Conference <laughs> yeah, Finals, one hundred and ten percent, if we won the series. <laughs> so I mean, it's gonna be over. We yeah. can move on. Gar, you're awful. Pax, you're awful. Fred, bye. Well, those two playoff wins definitely brought Fred like two more years at the helm. I know. So, we'll you see know, you guys we'll, in October. We'll, this, this guy, for better or for worse, is our best. And I hope we see Jimmy forward. in October. And that's the really the only hope I have for the Bulls at this time. Now, hopefully, this works like it did last time, and us talking bad about them is just going to turn this into two quick victories, and the Bulls are right back in there, and we're we're on to Washington or wherever we would be going. But uh, yeah, if that know. happens, bring me back episode three. If that happens, right here. If that happens, we're talking before every Bears game, and we're gonna go sixteen <laughs> oh and zero. Oh my god! Be Eli's, Deal. Eli's dream. Deal. So yeah, um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. So the Bulls still got uh, still got two more games to suffer. But uh, it sounds pretty funeralish to me right now. So see what happens with the Bulls. So a little bit of uh, Evanston news. Our stomping grounds, where I am a current resident. The this township. Week. Yeah, E-Town. I actually hate saying that. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> News this week. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern football coach. Chris Oops. Collins, Northwestern basketball coach. Extended through Fitz 2026. Chris Collins extended through 2025. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of Northwestern coaching news. Hasn't exactly been a destination. Hasn't exactly had nope. sustainable coaches in the past. Which so people were excited about up. this. Yeah. Um, I I love those moves, first of all. Um, obviously, the Collins move, that that's a no-brainer because after not making the tournament for the past 80 years, they get in and they get a win. Um, and that program yeah, is definitely heading in the right direction. And with Fitz, I think that, you know, at a lot of schools, you would look at, you know, kind of the record and the fact that, you know, with Northwestern football, they'll be really good one year and then they'll kind of suck for two years and then they'll be good and they'll kind of fall off towards the end of the year and they're kind of mediocre when it comes to Big Ten play and everything like that. And a lot of schools, you'd be looking to make a change. At a place like Northwestern and just based on their athletic history, for some reason, I just think they're okay with that. Even though the football program has been pretty good for the past 20, 25 years now, um, which is kind of crazy to say. Um, but it's all think, relative. Yeah. Like, pretty good by Northwestern standards. By Northwestern standards. standards, exactly. So, like, Fitz is, like, 
okay, you put Fitz at like Wisconsin or something like that with those records, and he probably doesn't last as long. But at Northwestern, they're like, yeah, that's good. You're like we're, cool. we're competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So you're a Northwestern <coughs> fan. You're, mm-hmm. you're a fan. I love supporter. Northwestern. Yeah. I have like a super love hate with Northwestern. Okay. All sport. I mean, it's not even love hate. It's really like like hate. So I'll. I, I don't like them. Like, if you ask me, I'm like, no, I do not like their sports teams. Politically, Evanston, we don't have to get into that. I don't like them in that regard either, <laughs> and I think that bleeds over into it. Talking about so, the taxes? And, yeah, and, like, <laughs> there's so much other. A story, yeah. we can't go on this journey yeah. right now. But Northwestern sports, Purple Pride. I, I All just, of our Northwestern listeners just turned. Like, my dad, yeah, my dad like, is sitting up. here. No, my dad is just no. stewing right now. <laughs> Rodney Harvey Sr., keep it on. It's okay. Um, I... I don't know. I cannot get on board with them. I am go to a lot of Michigan-Northwestern games. I, I hate them during those. I'm always going to root for Michigan. And then I'll go to other games just being here, like going to sporting events, we'll, like going to Ryan Field and whatever, and you'll just go. I'll go. I went with uh, friends Allie and Dave, went to the Iowa-Northwestern basketball game, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll root for Iowa. And then you know sports. You just get there, and your heart's not in it. I'm right. rooting for Northwestern. Right. Had all this pride. So, like, in those situations, I really like them. And mm-hmm. then – Theoretically, I'm just I, they're they underachieve, and I'm speaking mostly to football. They have always underachieved in basketball, sure. but I did this year think that it would be kind of funny with all the hype if they didn't make the tournament, and then of course they made it on a buzzer beater against Michigan. <laughs> I just a fact you have not forgotten. I mean, this okay. This article <laughs> I have pulled up right now: Northwestern, once a stepping stone for coaches, is now a destination. Is that, that for football? That's the Chicago Tribune article headline about them getting extended. The that's, <laughs> that is some hyperbole. <laughs> I mean, that's a destination for it's sh- it's Chicago's uh, Big Ten team. That, that's this is not. A de- <laughs> I don't think this is a destination for Chris Collins. No, hundred percent. Like you don't think not. he's. Gonna, I don't think at this point he's going to get the Duke job. I think there's other people in line for that. But like this dude is leaving for another job that is in line with like the big players in college basketball don't you think oh which is yeah and that's 100 Ten years he's not here 100 percent. that's why you pay him right now because you try to entice yeah. him as much as you can to le- to stay and to not go looking for jobs you know next year but this and is a stepping stone for chris for, for a guy like so for fitz maybe not because i think fitz just bleeds purple well that's and I the think, thing like it's he's, he's okay staying here it's a destination for a dude that played, that at, played northwestern, at northwestern that right honestly is not that great at his job right for and doesn't there like there's not a lot of other prospects for him. For Michigan did offer him that job before they got Harbaugh. Right. So, I mean, at that time, maybe. But like, yeah, it's a destination for a dude that doesn't want to leave. And then if you look, yeah, and you look at Collins, like Collins is a young, hot coaching prospect right now, right? I mean, he's turned around this thing with Northwestern. He's turned around at a school where academics are first. So obviously, you what know, he's you, done at Northwestern basketball has been phenomenal. Yeah, and, and they were awesome this year. And that tournament that. win was unbelievable. Um, you know, the whole ride, everything, and he did it. And what he's been there for three years. Um, it was a good hire when they made it. You knew him coming from that Duke system um, that that was definitely going to work out for him and. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely turned around. But like you said, he's not long for Northwestern. I mean, he's not going to be here in 10 no. years. As soon as one of those big programs starts calling, he's gone. Like, look at Shaka Smart and VCU. Remember, yeah. everybody was like, oh, he's going to stay there forever. Like, he's got a great thing. As soon as Texas called with that money yeah. and that opportunity and that job, Shaka was like, hey, look, I love Virginia Commonwealth, but I'm out of here. Like, these guys are coaches, just like, you know, players want to move on to the next best I mean, opportunity. It was Bill coaches Stump want in to. Illinois. Yeah. He left for Kansas. 100%. Illinois wasn't a great job and he wasn't doing great things right. there. He went to the championship. He wants to there. win a national championship. And that these guys are competitors at the end of the day. And unless Collins can turn uh, Northwestern into a Duke type program, 
which I, I just I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, he's gonna leave. It would be awesome pastures. if they did. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. But I think, but like, I said, don't think it's there. No, I don't think it's there either. Um, so prediction. But hey, five years. I don't know if he's still here. I hope he is. Ten years ago, there. them making the tournament wasn't there, and them yeah. getting a tournament win wasn't there, and them almost getting two tournament wins, um, which they did this year, almost um, wasn't there. So we'll but, see what happens with them. But I think. Overall, that move to lock those guys up is it, it, brilliant. They did them. what they had yeah. to do. But Fitz is a different story than Chris Collins. A hundred, yeah, two, di- two completely different things. Northwestern football, they make it out to be something that it's not. No. They have not been good in the Big Ten. They have won the two bowl games, but they treat the bowl games like basketball team making the tournament. Yeah. Bowl games are, super to me, super anticlimactic. They well, if won. you win six games throughout the year, you get invited to a bowl right. game. Right. Yeah. I would so much rather get that marquee win against Ohio State, which mm-hmm. they have not gotten. I don't think they've gotten one against Michigan. I think they'll get Michigan State and Wisconsin in an off year. But they have not been good in the Big Ten. And they've won, okay, the pinstripe bowl. Yeah. Come on. Like, don't write home about that. And the Gator Bowl. like The Gator Bowl <laughs> was, like, their big thing. When they, yeah, because yeah, they, they had going, never won. But never I don't won, think yeah. winning the Gator Bowl is like making the tournament. Right. That is a lot different. I don't know. I'm just – I fits to me as a glorified cheerleader, a great recruiter, a great representative for the school. But this dude is not a good in-game coach, and he is getting the glory for being a good dude and a good representative for the university as though he's, like, taking them to the championship. Right. So they needed to lock him up, but stop with this Northwestern is a football destination. It's not, and if it was a destination, you would have gotten a better coach um, <clears throat> than him by now. And that's not a knock against Fitz at all, but, I mean, yeah, you yeah. said you've had some winning years, and if coaches thought, oh, I can, all I need to do is go to Northwestern and put my touch on it, and that's a, that's a great opportunity. Coaches would come over. But, yeah, I think Fitz is just going to – here's the thing with Fitz. He'll be the coach at Northwestern until he doesn't want to be. Hundred percent. Yeah, until he does not want to be. Like they're never yeah. gonna, they're never gonna fire him. But what's um, to stop Northwestern from being doing what Jim Harbaugh did at Stanford? From being Stanford? Because I feel like Stanford has always placed more of an emphasis on athletics. I think that Northwestern. Um, they're all, you got, I think Stanford's a more highly ranked academic school. For sure it though. is. No, for sure it is. But I think that Stanford is always, you know, you got to let, you got to get guys in, right? You got to, first yeah. off, you got to get the kids into the school. I think Northwest, and that was one of the big things with Collins when he took the job, is I believe um, he had told them, like, look, you guys got to start letting kids in. You know, I understand you want straight A students. Like, let me get a B student in, and let's hope that our tutors and our bridge programs and everything like that can get the guy through. Um, and then Northwestern probably starts seeing that money this year. Yeah, exactly. Like, bit. oh, yeah, man, we should let a couple guys <laughs> yeah, in, right? Yeah, B, let's, B plus, let's B plus isn't good. bad. Like, okay, that's you're fine. Um, so, yeah, I think that Stanford has probably shown more of a commitment to do that. Also, the biggest thing that I think Stanford has is the state of California. Um, yeah. They have that whole recruiting ground in the state of California, and they really never need to leave the state. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if a kid can't – or if a kid, you know, has the grades to get into Stanford, he can pick from any of that California schools – um yeah i think they have a good shot just like texas they never leave the state to recruit that's why you have like eight schools in texas that are good at football because all the talent is right there whereas northwestern has to go out and get kids against a michigan against against a michigan who's a great academic school yeah so if you have a kid who's interested in academics transfer from usc or something yeah yeah there's other academic options uh in the big 10 that have much better athletic programs yeah well fitz has a lot of convincing to do for me personally and i'm glad they locked him up i think there's something to be said for that this is a destination i guess Mm -hmm. for him it's not a destination for everyone else but it is for him so there's something to be said for him being there until he 
doesn't want to be and them being good versus like expecting Chris Collins to leave whenever he wants to leave. So yeah, Chris I mean, Collins I understand is, that is going to leave like that. That's that's for sure going to happen unless they give him an absorbent amount of money. And I just have a plea for <laughs> Northwestern fans. Please stop. Please stop at the basketball games holding up the heads of the alumni. Please uh, <laughs> quit it. It's so stupid. And stop holding up the one of Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen went to Michigan. He's a Michigan fan. <laughs> like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm you're just you guys are hurting yourselves so in you, my eyes. The Rachel Nichols head, i it's gotta go. So you can't stand the Northwestern fan. What do you think about the whole Julia Lewis Dreyfus thing I love the her. tournament? That, okay, so her, you're okay everything with that? about her is perfect. She's yeah. my favorite Northwestern alumni ever. I have nothing bad to say about her. <laughs> She's my hero. Hold right. up her head all day. Lose the other ones. Lose the Darren Ravel head, please. Yo, Darren Ravel <laughs> shouldn't even. I mean, he gets mentioned on the podcast weekly because he's he's a he's a topic. But yeah, Darren Ravel, you should not take pride in Darren Ravel being an alumni of your institution. And that dude's a clown. Yeah, I just that's fans. I just I need you to you got you're gonna you're on you're on the map. Take people were the hating the Northwestern fans during this run. They were getting Me? a lot of no, people oh, in people general. Were? Yeah, people in general were saying the Northwestern fans were obnoxious. They were just all over the place I coming out of the woodwork. I told you the game I went to, Michigan was down two. Yeah. And the dude turned to me at halftime was like, is your team going to play better this half? <laughs> is yours? Like, can you read the scoreboard? I don't know. Blow up Welsh Ryan, lose those. Oh my gosh! Face head. Things. Maybe that's what'll keep yeah keep Collins there. Give give him that new arena so you you literally can bring recruits to a place that's better than that. But but well, I, I mean I'll still probably already. root for Northwestern when yeah. they're playing everyone but Michigan. Always. That's just- the Evanston thing so let's go cats so yeah Fitz 10 years Collins 10 years let's see where this thing takes us this Carmelo Anthony story came across so apparently Carmelo Anthony and Lala his uh, longtime wife I think they've actually been together since he's been in the league so like 13 years or so yeah um got Got an eight-year-old son yeah I got a tv had a tv show Lala's full court life um they're actually splitting up so uh, obviously that's a big deal. It's a pretty uh, pretty well known couple. You got a big time ball player, he's and had you a got tumultuous year. Couple yeah, years. he's had a rough year. He's had a rough couple of weeks actually. I mean, two weeks ago, his uh, his GM or whatever you want to call Phil is publicly lobbying to get him off the team and saying that he'd be better off elsewhere. And then now you got now you got this going. Ever since he signed that extension in New York, it's been tough sledding for Melo. I know. I would say he. Do you think he regrets not coming to the Bulls? But I can't say that. No, no, because he's getting like 140 million, so and I'm sure like, he's okay. These are the Bulls. Yeah, and he's but probably looking at that Bulls situation like, yeah, it's not, it's not I'm too much. Straight better. off that, little yeah. did he know the Bulls were gonna come to him. Exactly. Yeah. Derek Rose. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's the problem. But this story kind of shook me to the core a little bit. Lala and Carmelo. That was a couple. I really, I don't know. I thought it was It gave real. everybody hope. So they're splitting <laughs> up. TMZ reported that he impregnated a stripper. Shout out TMZ, by the way. TMZ stays with the school. Oh, like, you can hate on TMZ that? as you want to. They're a legitimate news they organization. They the Michael Jackson news when yeah, he died. Yeah, like, they, like TMZ gets the scoops. You try and be like, no, nah, it's not real, but it's all 100% real. TMZ knows what's going on. And they'll catch you out in the streets, too. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. I always thought that was real love. I don't know why. I have no real reason yeah. for saying that, but I, I don't know. I hate to hear these kind of stories. There's – even Eli was like, so what are the details surrounding him impregnating a stripper? I, I don't really have any more details. So I, I, uh, I, <laughs> I don't think there are any more details. I live for this type of stuff um, because I just – you know, I, I'm always intrigued by just, like, the outside of sport aspect of some of these uh, some of these athletes and their lives and what they got going on. And obviously I like, I like a good uh, a good juicy story. So I looked into some of this. Um, so apparently 
Carmelo did get a stripper pregnant. Um, that's the rumor. Like this is fact. Oh, it's I don't think that's okay. fact. No, I don't want to. I don't want to spread any facts here. Some people say that she's not a stripper. <laughs> you did a DNA um, test. This I've is heard fact. her referred to as a dancer, a stripper, as just a regular person. Um, but apparently, he got this girl pregnant. Um, and this isn't really the first time that Melo stepped out. It's kind of like a known thing. Uh, it sounds like it was kind of like a known thing between them that, like, yo, like you know, Melo when he's out on the road, he kind of does his thing. Um, but I guess, you know, he can't really be doing his thing and then also going out and getting strippers pregnant. Yeah, I guess he had a line. Yeah, there's a line. Lala's like, married, he's not. Yeah, that was his line. When he'd go out and meet women on the road, he would say, Lala's married and I'm not. I just hate to hear that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I thought this was like an unflappable couple, but I I mean, I really liked them. I really liked her. Yeah. I kind of liked their story. I liked her. She was a friend of Kim Kardashian on the early days, keeping right. up with the Kardashians. She, I don't know, there's, this is all on the show. I'm not speaking as though this is Bible, but she was like, right. we, I don't know, she just felt real. She was like, no, I'm not having another kid. I have one. Like, I'm this good, is enough. Right. She wasn't like out there trying to pretend that things were something that they weren't. Do you remember a couple of years ago she had like that New York Post article? It was like a weekend with Lala, what it's really like. No, what was that oh, all about? This was like, I love this. I don't know. People hated on her because of like what she said, but yeah. She was basically like, yeah, I get up real early on Saturdays and take their son, Keon, I think. Kion, it's Kion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Takes him. He does a lot of sports, whatever. Then they spend the rest of the day and night hanging out, chilling at the house with their family, which I get. You can't really go out at when you're Carmelo and Lala. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. But they're up till two in the morning. Essentially, she was like, yeah, we do the kid thing in the morning and then we're. We're at the house partying till two in the morning. We're hanging out, having a good and time. And then Sunday morning, he does sports again, but I make other people take him because I'm like too tired and hungover. Like she was just kind of saying she was what just, like it, chilling. Like, it was her full court life. I don't know. And I, I don't know. I respected well, that. They always seemed happy when he made the move. It seemed to New York. It seemed like that she had a big part in that too, yeah, right? Like she like wanted he, to go to New York. It was like for his family and he wanted to be there. And yeah. I guess he kind of demanded it, but. Well, and then, like, you hear, and, like, let's just say it, it was true that they had some sort of arrangement that when Melo was on the road, he could um, do whatever it is that he did. Um, obviously, she gave Melo an inch, and Melo took 20 miles with it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it sounded like she was a pretty grounded girl. Uh, she gave him, you know, she she kind of let him do his thing, and he took advantage of it. And now there is a stripper baby, apparently, on the way. So, yeah, it, it wow. is a tough story all the way around. Um, I just but, hate yeah. to hear it. I don't know. It's like funny. And yeah. there was like some really good memes, mostly related to Phil Jackson, yeah. like him breaking the story and being like, Annie holds the ball too much. <clears throat> right. Make sure to put that in the article. But I, yeah, I don't like, know. What the was that all about? Yeah, like, we, can, we can go in on Phil for, for, for days. But what? Yeah. why? Why is he still there? I have no idea. I don't know. Like I actually think he's been he's done Carmelo extra dirty. And then yeah. even the players association came after him for yeah, it. Yeah. hundred percent. They should. Which they like, should. It, yeah. Well, if you're a free agent too, and you're looking at the Knicks, like why would you ever want to sign with the New York Knicks? You know what I mean? Why would you yeah. ever want to uh, join into that type of situation where literally the team president is throwing you under the bus every opportunity he gets? So what did he say? He said that he said, it would be better. Like maybe Carmelo will want to waive his no trade clause. He said, so he I think that else. it'd be better for Carmelo if he played somewhere else, but that was after during the season. Season when he had uh, so like I think the guy what's the guy's name Frank Isola or uh, one of the reporters out there in New York is known to be like a good friend of Phil's and kind of writes stories for Phil mm -hmm. and they had that story coming out where like yeah Mello was a ball hog and they wanted him to waive his no yeah, trade yeah, clause yeah. and everybody's like clearly this is coming straight from Phil yeah you know what I mean this guy doesn't have that inside his inside is Phil 
Um, they had that. I mean, they were definitely trying to trade him, um, trying to get him to waive so his no trade clause. So it was never that clause. Phil straight went and said, I hope he wants to play somewhere else. It came through like an ESPN Initially. Reporter. But then like two weeks ago is when Phil was like, yo, I think it'd be better off yeah, for him okay. if he went and played. He, so he came it. out and said it. And that's when Melo put out that picture on Instagram of him like, really? Yeah. Um, but then you like Melo can't go into the media because of collective no. bargaining. He can't go and say, yeah, I want to play somewhere else. I no, he play can't. Here. I want them to trade me. You can't do that. And it's funny. I'm about to say, I mean, I think he has more class than that after we talk about him getting strippers pregnant. But um, I think that Melo's handled that situation, you know, with a lot of class. And maybe this is kind of some insight why. Maybe he just has bigger fish to fry right now. Um, And, like, this whole situation is just, like, whatever for him. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, Melo's just getting killed left and right right now, man. I I know. It's a tough – I want to say, like, poor Melo, but – He's not poor. Hey, you know, he uh, he made his bed. <laughs> so what man. do you He's think is the future it. for him? Not, I mean, not personally. We don't know that. But um, what do you think is going to happen? I don't think. I don't know, because part of me wants to say that he's going to just wave his no trade clause so he can get out of there because that's the best situation for him. But part of me says that he should just be like, you know what? Like, F you, Phil. I'm going to ride this out. Number one, you can't trade me. I like living here in New York, and you're going to have to literally find a way to run me out of town, or you guys are just going to have to pay my money and tell me to go home, which yeah. uh, the Knicks have done before. They did that with Marbury. They paid him like $20 million to go home. Um, so, Starberry. yeah, I mean. Can't you utter g- that name. We'll end up in a whole I, segment on Starberry. I love Starberry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I think with Melo, um, it's just a tough situation. So because he'll be they there next him. year? He's on the Knicks? If I had to bet money on it, yeah, he's on the Knicks next year. I'm with you. Yep, I agree. Sure. See, we always agree. It's yep. the problem. There you go. We, Sean we, back we do got to find it. We'll find something to argue. I thought you were going to argue with me on this mellow thing, but uh, yeah, I think no, we both, we I both just, ended it's up. Up, it's too upsetting. Yeah. So, you know, Lala, hold your head up. You'll be, you'll be all right. And mellow, man, just get it figured out, man. You there's, dodged a bullet on the bulls. There's, there's, there's brighter I'm days saying. ahead for you, Carmelo. All right, Nick, this is my, this is my grand finale. Big payoff. It's time. Right. Cornball of the week. Yeah. We didn't do this. We didn't do this last week. I'm excited. Do you have one? I have a cornball. Um, and this is kind of it, it. It's it's good. We're sticking along the sports announcer thing with Darren Ravel. But uh, yeah, my cornball of the week is gonna be Jeff Van Gundy. Um, so la- I think this was last week. I was watching um, the um, God, I'm blanking. Rockets and uh, Thunder game. And, you know, Russ is doing his usual thing. James is doing his usual thing. And um, they're talking about how D'Antoni is getting all this credit for the Rockets' turnaround, you know, coming in and installing this offense and everything like that. And if anybody listens to Van Gundy, like Van Gundy, obviously he's a coach, so he's always pulling for the coaches. Um, Sometimes it's a bit ridiculous. So he goes, yeah, well, how come come Billy Donovan isn't getting credit for Russell Westbrook? I mean – He's basically created this system that's enabled Westbrook to have this magnificent season. I think he should be getting a lot more credit for it. And I'm just sitting there like, are you kidding me? Like, are you really going to try to say that this is the product of Billy Donovan's coaching? Yeah. Russ averaging a triple-double and pretty much going out there and running his own offense. I don't feel like anyone has <laughs> mentioned Billy Donovan since Not at all. last season. Maybe <laughs> since the Florida championship. I don't think I've heard that name. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know that he's the head coach of that team, right? Yeah, because that team is terrible. Yeah, the team <laughs> is terrible, and it's, one, it's literally one player. Like, yeah. Russell Westbrook is the head coach of the Thunder. I guarantee you if – 
Steve, if uh, Donovan draws up a play for Steven Adams and Russell Westbrook draws up a play for Steven Adams, he's taking Westbrook's play. Does Donovan do press conferences I, anymore? I, I, think, I think Russ does them. Right. And answers the questions for people. They, like, say Billy Donovan's it, coming out and Russ comes yeah, out. Yeah, Russ comes out like, all right, what, what's the question? What's I'm y'all going to ask? <laughs> yeah, I that – stop. Why? Why is he always out there? I feel like he does that kind of stuff a lot. Like, can you just let Russ do Russ? I think it's very, very apparent that's what's happening yeah. here. It's I don't know. That's Van Gundy's whole thing. Like he's always advocating for the coaches. Like Billy harder, Donovan went out there and was like, "You're here's the game plan. Right, fifty one points for right. us. Like he rolls Everyone out the ball in practice. He's like, well, all right, like, Russ. If he did, then he should get credit. Yeah, but, but I highly doubt. He's I don't doing think that. that's like, what yeah, happened. Russ, take the ball. Just go wild in practice for forty eight minutes, and uh, hopefully this can translate over to the game. Like, no, nah, man. I mean, Billy Donovan is making substitutions. Yeah, he's uh, managing defensive rotations, things like that. But uh, as far as their offense goes and what Russ is doing. That, that's all organic. How'd you that's, feel about what uh, Patrick Beverly said about Russ? That he, and he was oh, like, the, you can't guard me. And he's like, yeah. I got 40 I'm, points. I'm, and he's like, I'm first team all defense and yeah. everything like that. Yeah, no, so and Ru- then he was like, yeah, you got 40 points on 34 shots. On 34 yeah. shots. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too when he said that. Um, and then Russ was like, I don't know who he's talking about. Like, he, he doesn't have any all team defense or anything right. like that. Um, yeah, that was the game that Russ had 40 going into the fourth quarter and then finished with like 43 because he was 0 for 14 in the fourth, fourth quarter. I'm not hating on Russ. I know Sean is going to hear this and go crazy. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty funny it, comment by it Patrick is, Beverly. Yeah, but like, is. don't disrespect Russ. I ride yeah. with Russ always. I also love Patrick Beverly, by the way. I love yeah. the way that guy plays basketball. Yeah. yeah I love that scrappiness. Um, he's from Chicago, West Side guy. Um, but yeah, I love that scrappiness that he has, but that was funny. Um, sad we can't see any more Russ. Yeah, Russ, but we'll Russ, next year. Russ is over with till next year. This had to be like the strangest year I've ever seen by a professional athlete as far as the Russ year. And if you watch those playoff games, that was just kind of like the, the, the peak of it. I thought like, what are you watching right been now? better the whole year than they were. Yeah. I think I knew what would happen in the playoffs. Um, it's fun to see Russ score that much. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again. No, I don't think so either. And I don't know. I just I'd like to see. I like the. Golden State Thunder games in the past couple seasons, so I hope we can see a rivalry like that again. I hope they get better. It was fun to see Russ do Russ, but I'd rather see him on a good team. Yeah, for sure. Um, and hopefully, well, hopefully Billy Donovan creates an assistant yeah, for him so next yeah, year that allows him to get a triple double. Your job, Billy Donovan. Yeah. This has all been you. Thank you way for to, everything. Way to go, big Billy Donovan. Yeah. Uh, so my cornball, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. So I got one. Oh, who do you got? I mean, this is kind of general, not really specifically a person, but you probably heard ESPN laid off a ton of people today. ESPN went the hammer today. My cornball of the week is ESPN. Okay. I mean, God, I know industries change, but you just, they laid off, they said 70, sounds like it turned out to be 100. Yeah, it was 100, that's a lot of people. Yeah, and it it was all like personalities, (laughs) radio, beat writers, TV personalities. I. I mean, industries change, but I feel like this is their bad, and it's mm-hmm. just upsetting that you have to see a lot of good people go. Um, they've spent a lot of money and a lot of time on rights. They were like, everybody just wants to see these events, and they let all their reporting and everything that was their core capabilities go to the wayside, and all these good people are losing their jobs. And I just, the ESPN kind of has been like, oh, well, the cord cutters, everything's changing, but yeah. it's really been their fault. They haven't followed the trends. Like, they have all these rights, and so they got rid of all these reporters. 
SB Nation has no rights. They have right. no games, and they have phenomenal reporting and writing, and I read everything. I don't know the last time I read something on ESPN.com. Yeah, I do not read. Yeah, that's that's funny you say that, because I, I remember, like, if you would have asked me five years ago, like, where do I get all my sports from? I'd be like, oh, ESPN.com. Like, yeah, I'll go up on there and read a story. It, it's been at least five years since I've hopped on there. Like, yeah, I'll read Dead. Deadspin's probably my favorite by far. Um, but and like, they're yeah, like, they're, oh, cord cutters, cord cutters. Yeah. They're stopping from watching our network, so we got to get rid of all these good people. And it's like, okay, everyone would keep watching your network and maybe wouldn't cut the cord or would watch it online if you had anything worth watching. Yeah, if you had better programming. Like, first, yeah, I mean, have you watched SportsCenter anytime recently? Yeah, we talked about this last it's, week. It's, it's trash. Awful. I can't watch it's it. There's awful. nothing to watch there. There's nothing, there's nothing new that you learn. I, they're not even talking about sports anymore. And that's not the way that I want to yeah, consume brutal. sports. So it's either it's either that sports center, like you said, they have their live rights, or then they have their talking head shows where it's like, you know, first Nobody take, has any sources. Pardon the interruption. Around the horn. Um Dan Lebitard, you just have all these different shows where it's all these talking heads where it's all about them. And like you said, yeah, the information, the reporting, the reason that you watch it is, is they no go on anything. The same. They yeah. go on a rumor. And I would rather read The Athletic, which is like actually doing reporting yeah. and has sources and is like, hey, we're not going to follow this like hot take or Do something. Do you subscribe to The Athletic? Someone hasn't said, I wanted to say that I did, but I would be lying. Okay. I'm going I was to. Because when you said that, I was like, I've, I've looked at their site before, but then I had to pay. I and read I was all like, when John yeah. Greenberg's, Greenberg's like, I on there. it. Yeah. I'll read it. Yeah. I want to. I'm going to subscribe. Whatever. I'm going to do it. Promise. I'm going to do it right after this. I'm going to subscribe. I th- everything I've read is great. I don't I don't want to follow your like hot take rumors. Yeah. I really don't want to know. I really don't care, ESPN, about your Nick Friedel article about when wouldn't it be great if Anthony Davis did like LeBron and came back and played in Chicago? Like, right. hot take. Yeah, fucking duh. That would be awesome. But, like, I would rather actually read, like, some reporting and analysis and you have, like, a source or you have, like, an expertise. Right. And but you're just making shit up. And I feel like they got so big. Like, they became, like, the CNN. I mean, they are, like, the CNN of sports news to where it's just, like, so big. It's like, do I want to read my story from ESPN and all their – multiple different hidden agendas and everything like that that they have going on or well, would i rather like read it from like someone who's a little bit more like breaking gonna news, give me the story Tom yeah. brady and the patriots will play 16 games this yeah. season oh like, yeah stop it's that it's lebron it's tim tebow tebow yeah like and so yeah cord cutting the changing industry you just didn't follow it yeah and like that's your fault and now i'm just hoping all these good people and good writers are going other places and going places that I'm going to read. I'm going to be more likely to read you at other places. Right. So hopefully you guys are going to find better roles. I think it's interesting that they don't have hockey rights for games. So they just got rid of their whole hockey. They Again, got rid like of their entire SB hockey Nation has Well, they got rid of their no. hockey writers in the middle of the NHL playoffs, which I thought like Pierre Lebrun. Uh, I mean, I don't read a ton of hockey stuff, but I know Pierre Lebrun has been writing for ESPN.com on hockey forever. Like, how do you get rid of your hockey writers in the middle of the playoffs? It's just like if crazy, I was a hockey man. fan, I'd just be like, you know what, man, I, I I literally have no reason to ever watch you guys. You're you're as long as I didn't get rid of Barry Melrose, though. Shout out Barry Melrose. <laughs> um. Yeah, they're just going. Very, I mean, I think they do a phenomenal job with the games that they have. I think they have. Good, oh yeah, they're good color people. Good analysis. Yeah, for sure. Their presentation is good. Their yeah. games are good. Yeah, their game day presentation is but awesome. But everything else surrounding that, they just let go by the wayside um and i think that's unfortunate but at least with the changing industry there's so many different outlets we can read it on like we have we you have this podcast and you can just start that and do your own thing and all your friends will listen to it and it'll get bigger via word of mouth and social media and you can do that on your own so like other people are following the trends espn's not 
And I think, yeah, like for me, I just, yeah, I, I've, I've learned, I just, I don't trust, like all that stuff with the NFL. And I understand the NFL is like their biggest client, so they have to do whatever they right. can to appease the NFL. But they straight up ignore NFL stories, um, negative stories on the NFL. And if you're going to be the biggest sports reporting agency in the world, you got to cover all sports and you got to cover them fairly. And for me, I just, I don't feel that like on ESPN, I feel like that I'm just getting something that's kind of like watered down and been passed through 150,000 editors that got to make sure that it jives with what the advertisers want. Right, you it's know? not even real time anymore. I was actually talking to Sean recently, and he was like, yeah, if I want sports news, I actually, like, instead of Google, I just type in, like, Patrick Beverly to yeah. Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as opposed to instead of Googling, like, Which ESPN, can be dangerous because you'll get yeah. some bullshit on Twitter, but, yeah. But, yeah, that's where you're going. And it, instead yeah. of following consumer behavior, they've just done whatever they want to do and spent the most money on rights, and their rights are for things like college football playoff which you're gonna watch with other people not yeah. watch on tv like yeah. maybe you're gonna watch in a bar so i mean it's sad it's sad for all those people that were there for a long time that were good um well yeah you're gonna watch on a bar because for some reason they do it on new year's eve right yeah when they own it and they make those decisions so <laughs> it's it sucks espn you're my cornball of the week all right well 12 episodes in the books um this was fun this was so fun. Yeah, I liked our little two. I'm sad it's over. Thing here. No, you're definitely coming back, um, for sure. We know Sean that he'll probably be gone again, like within the next week. Maybe he'll be like Cancun. <laughs> Other or countries like to that. visit, soccer games to watch. But no, I, I miss think you, Sean though. You've inspired us to get now this third mic. I think. I think we're gonna grab the third mic and uh, and get you in there and get you on the video. One day I'm just gonna be knocking at your door on like a Sunday afternoon with the are mic. You, like I'm you, here. Are you ready? Are you ready to go up on YouTube in 4K? Yeah. I got all, all right. my hats ready. So it's we're gonna, gonna be the summer. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get my hair did. You gotta I'm rock. Ready. You gotta rock a hat on the pod. I have one comment before we're done. What's I just up? have to. I have to be true to myself. I freaking love ketchup on hot dogs, dude. D- me too. Oh, 100%. okay, good. No, hundred percent. Sean and I talked about this when he came up with the title of the podcast, and I was like, "Hey, man, um, I I put ketchup on my hot dog, and I don't put any of that other stuff on there yet." <laughs> but anybody who knows me, you know that I eat super I eat plain. Like a, but e- I don't eat super plain, and like a straight up hot dog with ketchup is so good. Ketchup is just great in general. Um, but ride or die yeah. Chicago. That's the way. Yeah. That's the way it yeah. is. Yeah. So but no, no ketchup for the podcast. No ketchup for the for all the, the, the outers and all that. And yeah. If TMZ sees me, I wriggle with this ketchup. I just had. I just had to say yeah. it preemptively. Breaking. Breaking Jamie lit off from no ketchup podcast, putting ketchup on her hot dog. Hey, it'll be on ESPN. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Nick probably break it down for it'll an be hour. like me flipping off Nick Friedel at Wrigley. And then we'll throw like, this out to Rachel ketchup. Nichols for breakdown with this. We never <laughs> talked about my names either. Oh, your, what do you mean? Like your name? fake Stuart Scott. Oh, fake. Oh, yeah. We like do got to get you one. And you're Nick the Quick. What was that? I was going to be White Pam Oliver. White Pam Oliver. Rachel Dimes. That was my fave. Yeah, Rachel Dimes. Yeah, instead of Rachel Nichols. Better hair color. It was Rachel Although I Dimes. do like Rachel Nichols. So when we, Rachel get you, Nichols. when we get you on the video and AJ's able to put up the uh, like the video graphic, it's going to say Rachel Rachel Dimes. Rachel Dimes? Yeah, okay. So shout out AJ I'll for be that. waiting. But yeah, no, definitely. We appreciate. I appreciate you coming in, filling in, and helping me out with this. Um, hopefully you had a good time. It was so fun. And hopefully this sounds pretty good. Again, this is another uh, another this Nick Harvey audio editing. protection. I'm so yeah. proud of you. So I'm, I'm, I'm out here. All right. Well, yeah, tune in next week, guys. Sean will no be back. No catch up after dark. No catch up after dark. We're out. <laughs>